This is week six. We have a couple more weeks of upside down. Everybody say upside down. Upside down, this side up. Of upside down. And I am excited about this one in particular because if, if you've missed a couple or if you've been at every one, I believe this one can kind of put a, oh, okay. It's like you've got your shoes on, you're getting ready to go, and we tie the knot. We, hopefully it's not a knot because then you can't get it out. But we tie the bow and we get ready to roll. And, and like I said a minute ago, I really think this is not a real deep, hard-to-understand word. Look at me. It's just hard to do. It's just hard to do. It's hard to do what we're going to talk about today. But if you will... I'm telling you, it will change your life, and we're going to have fun no matter what. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. Here we go. The title of my message today is Up or Down. <laughs> you see, because it's up. Okay, nobody. But what I want to teach on is the principle of distinction. Everybody say distinction. 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 Here's what distinction is. I grew up with two sisters. I still have them. Some of y'all will get it this afternoon. They are 16, 17 months younger than me, and they are twins. Some will say twins. twins. Distinction. I used to get people all the time come up to me and go, they didn't call me pastor because I wasn't then. They go, Mark, is it hard for you to tell the difference between Melanie and Melinda? All the time. And I'll be like, have you seen them? No. I look more like one of them. Why? They're not identical. People automatically hear the word twins and they're like, oh my gosh, it's hard to tell them apart. But they had very clear, everybody said the word, distinction. I mean very, 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 very clear. Different body types, different hair color, lots of difference. But then you got identical twins. How many people know identical twins? Raise your hand. Identical twins. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. I got a cousin who's actually a fraternal twin as well who married an identical twin and on a date, he forgot which one was which. Luckily, they were in the movies. Come on, Jesus. But it's easy to give a little smooch to the wrong one if you can't tell the difference. Identical twins are very hard to tell apart. As a matter of fact, we were at some good friends who are in the room right now, house last night, and they have two dogs that look almost identical. And Leah said to them, how can you tell the difference between Hunter and Trevor? That's not how you sound, but, but it's, got, it's the best I can do, so just go with it. <laughs> how can you tell the difference between I, I can't do, so it's got to be the, how can, you, how can you tell the difference between the two dogs? And they said, Trevor's got the white spot right here on his neck. Because that is distinguishable. It's different. That's how we can identify the difference between that one and that one because they look almost exactly alike. But what God's plan for our life is, up or down, is he wants the trajectory. Someone say trajectory. That's hard to say. He wants the path, the course of our life to be going this way, to go up. Someone say up. But this upside down, this backwards, this flip thing, you can't try to go up to go up. you got to do it his way or you'll end up going down. Because the reason he wants you to go up is not to get you high, up, way, lifted up, and raised. 
So you float in the clouds and you're weird and you sit and light candles all day. Although I do light candles. I had one lit this morning because it was stress relief. Thank you, Jesus. But it's not to sit in crisscross applesauce and hum and talk deep theology and drink coffee and you're smarter than everybody. That is not the point. It's not, it's not so that we seem elevated. Actually, it's not to elevate you at all. It's to elevate him. But he wants there to be a distinction in the way that you live your life and what it looks like. And here's the deal. If you've been at Four Points for any amount of time and you've heard me preach, especially two years ago and three years ago and four years ago, God began to put on our hearts, the leadership of, the, of our church and myself, that we're supposed to not just have a church and not just reach the least lost and lonely, which is awesome and that is the vision of our church, but, but we're supposed to change the culture. Change the culture. Change the culture. And in order to do so, and I know many of y'all have heard this before, we have to build a bigger and better culture than the one that currently exists. But the harder we try, the more we seem to mess it up. Are y'all okay? The more we seem to mess it up. But we got to go up. It's got to change. So look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds, getting your minds right, getting your minds ready, for action and being sober-minded, being clear-headed, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation. Someone say revelation. revelation. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here's what that means. That just means you can know all the information that you want to. You can write everything down. You can learn. You can study. You can go to a Bible study. You can go to every Bible study. You can go to Bible college. You can do all the stuff. But until it becomes real and it, boom, blows up, it's not a revelation. Until in here jumps and you're like, That's, I, I got to have that, then it's just information. He wants impartation to take place. Impartation is when... You are pregnated with the truth of Jesus. And he says, it's in the revelation of Jesus. And then he says, look, as a result, this is what happens. As obedient children, do not be, what's the word? Say it loud. One more time. Don't be conformed. What does that mean? I want you to be distinguishable. I want distinction to take place. I don't want you to look like everybody else. Pause. I want to make this very clear. Here's what I think happens in Christians, especially in my upbringing or how many of you were brought up if you grew up in church. Many of us hear that and, we're, and we, we quote things like, we're in the world but not of the world. So all of a sudden we think we're supposed to be an alien. Now the Bible says I'm an alien but not like Martian alien, right? And so we start feeling awkward. We start thinking, should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I? And the whole life, my whole thing becomes, is it good or is it bad? Is it good or is it bad? Is it good or is it bad? And I feel this tug of war inside. I'm doing bad. I got to get right. God hates me. God's mad at me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I know I'm not the only one. That is not what he's talking about. The reason that we stink at making this happen is because we don't understand how to make this happen. We focus all of our energy on what to do and not to do and to do and not to do, to do, not to do, that we've missed Jesus. And he's, and he's not saying this means don't do bad, but do good. The conformed is who is in charge. Because this kingdom, Colossians 1 says, that we're in a kingdom of darkness, verse 13. Kingdom of darkness. What this kingdom's goal is is not to get you out of church. Hear me. Look at my face. It's a lot to look at, but you're welcome. 
His goal is not to get you not to go to church. His goal is not to get you not to be a good little Christian. His goal is not to get you to do anything but just not submit under the lordship of Jesus. As long as he'll get you to do that, you can go through all the robotic motions. Some of the most evil, listen, I need to say this in the camera because I don't think a lot of people are going to like this, but I love you. I'm not mad. But some of the most evil producing places in the world are the most, the most churchy that we've been around. Legalism is from the devil, y'all. I love you. I'm not mad. Legalism's the devil. Still tell the truth. Come on, Jesus. To the passions of your former ignorance. What's ignorance? It's not understanding. Information doesn't change that. Devouring truth. Who's the truth? I am the way, the Jesus is the truth. And so until that information gets locked in, I eat it as my new belief system. This is just stuff that's added into all the other stuff that might get me out of this problem. Because if we're being honest, we just don't want this life to suck. I know I'm not supposed to say that word, but I'm just being real. Pastor, why doesn't God get us out of this mess? I don't know. I've been asking him. But then we only want Jesus to make our lives more comfortable and more awesome, and that's never been your point. Your existence isn't here, so you're, you don't struggle. You don't suffer. It's here to glorify him. And if I keep getting that twisted, then I'm going to hope I'm good enough for him to love me. And I would tell you the right thing. Listen to me. We're just going to have to lay all the cards on the table today. I can preach to you all day long. No, that's not what we believe. But your life shows me what you believe, not your mouth. And this is the struggle bus. The passions of my former ignorance come out when you squeeze me. Why do you get angry, Mark? Because the passions of my former ignorance are still in there. When does that end? Well, truthfully, heaven. But the more I'm with Jesus, the closer I get to him. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 3 says it's by, from grace to grace. The end of the chapter, from grace to grace, he changes me to glory to glory. So like the grace changes me to his glory. His imprint. But if I try hard, I'm going to get mad at this life. I know some of y'all feel like I do or I have in my life because I, I would say do is the wrong word. But I live most of my life thinking, why do I try so hard but seem to have no results? And the reason is because God never desired for us to try hard but to simply fall and submit. Next verse. Verse 15, but, but as Jesus, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Mark, you just said it ain't about our conduct. And now you said it's about our conduct. So what are you trying to say? Thank you for asking. I'm going to show you in just a second. Since it is written, you shall be holy as I am holy. Pause. The word holy does not mean good. The word holy means set apart. The, the, or what's the word that we used at the beginning? Distinction, that's what the word holy means. Distinction. I want you to be distinguishable, distinct, as I am also. So that when people see you, they can say, I'm not sure what to do. And he might not know the answer, but something in him's different. There's something distinct about him. I got to ask him what it is. I got to ask her what it is. I got to figure out what to do. But this is what the word conduct means. I was blown away, y'all. Up or down. That's the trajectory of our lives. Look at this. The word conduct in the Greek is that word. All right? I'm not even going to try. 
but just go with it. Broken down is Anna means down to down to And then this means to turn, stop. Repentance is the key, 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 key to kingdom living. I must do this every day of my life. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you verses today. I could show you the, the rest of eternity we could preach and, and show little nuggets about what it means to set my mind, set. We set bones when they're broken, right? If you don't, you'll dwarf because there's no, life comes Life comes through the joints and, and you'll break your growth plate and that's how, that's how a shorter arm or a shorter leg or messed up stuff happens if you don't reset. Every day my mind is that way. My mind in its carnal, fleshly, human state is broken. So I reset it and put it on things above that I'm going to show you in just a second in Colossians 3. And so, so this is not about conduct yourself. Do not step out of... It's all about this. Look. It says it's an upturning, a change of outward behavior from an upturn of inward beliefs. My beliefs determine what I do. And so when he's talking about your conduct and when he's talking about all these things, what he's saying is who's in charge of in here is what matters. Because you can tell me what you believe, but you show me really what you believe. Because Jesus said, it's not me, you are known by your fruit. And my fruit's just a byproduct of what I'm rooted in. So the fruit of the Spirit comes from the root of the Spirit. And I show everybody a whole lot more and a whole lot clearer and a whole lot better than I tell everybody. And the reason that the culture's not changing is because he's waiting to change ours. He's waiting to change ours. And so I know I'm not the only one in here that feels like this is the question, why is it so difficult to turn up? Right? Turn down for what? I, that has nothing to do with the message. I just wanted to put it in there. Turn down for what? Well, I should have had y'all play it, but I didn't think about it. Like, am I, I, for real, I know I'm not the only one that you're like, Mark, I know, but I don't know how. Because it's like things are battling inside of me. And then I, I tell God on Sunday, like, I get motivated sometimes, and then I ask him and I feel charged up, but then like by Wednesday, I, I just want to cuss at my wife. I know you're not supposed to say it. I'm just telling the truth. And in my house, it's probably the other way around because I'm the crazy one. And you're nice. Praise God for that. But, but we just feel angry, and we feel road rage, and we feel all these things, and we know we're supposed to love our neighbor, but our neighbor's stupid. So, God, maybe you forgot when you put in love your neighbor except for marks that won't quit parking on my grass. Right? Are y'all awake? This is true. So why is it so hard? This is the thing that I thought was crazy. When I was praying through this and I felt like the Lord gave me direction, it, what came to my mind is these impulses that we have in our lives. Have y'all ever noticed how easy it is to say yes to the stupid ones. I mean, let's take, let's take sin out of it. Let's take Jesus out of it. And let's just talk about eating ice cream. I was stuffed last night. Full. But we got these Kit Kat mini bars in our fridge. And they are delicious. And I gave over to a stupid impulse. 
And I laid in bed, Leah, sound asleep. I was going to do how you sleep, but I caught it, took every thought captive. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> She's sound asleep. I'm tired, and I'm sitting there going, oh. Why? Because I just, it was easy. Someone say easy. easy. And that's why we do it. Whether it's gossip or looking at something you shouldn't or saying or doing or whatever it is, it's easy. And it's comfortable. Not just easy, but it's comfortable. Why? Because it's, it's in my ignorance, it's what I've always done to feel better. And you would never tell someone that. It would, have to, it would take layers of the onion to peel off for you to get to the point that you could say, I'm doing this to feel better. But some of us eat our way to happiness. Some of us gossip our way to happiness. Some of us do all these things on our way to try to get happy. But we know it's only momentary, but it doesn't matter because I don't have to think about my reality. If I do those things, I'm preaching. And then on the other hand, we have these impulses, urges, and I believe, this is my personal belief system, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us sometimes, sometimes it's a burrito, sometimes through these impulses. Sometimes through these impulses. For example, if you're hanging with somebody and they're struggling and you feel bubbling up inside of you, pray for them. That is not as easy as going to get a little ice cream bar, is it? Nope. And we are really good. I'm talking about if y'all and I were as good at this as we were other things in our lives, we'd be millionaires, we'd be on TV, we'd be amazing because we can talk ourselves out of anything that the Holy Ghost is telling us to do. Pray for them. You know what we do? I just want you to know I'm going to be praying for you. Or we don't say it at all when it's like someone else will. Someone needs help. Lord, can you send someone? You know it's supposed to be you. Holy Ghost. I just pray that you'll send angels from heaven. He sent you. And he asked you. Are y'all awake? It's so easy to go, no, nah, not me. Not me. Anytime you feel a pull from the Lord, it's like another force. Luke. It's like another force is battling against you, but it's not the dark side or Jedi. It's actually the kingdom of darkness who as long as you'll just do good things but not God things, he doesn't worry about you. But as soon as, as, soon as, as, soon as this gets in, matter of fact, I just feel like every day this is what life is like. <laughs> Poor Donald Duck. I bet you that joker had the angel and the demon on his shoulder every third episode growing up. Y'all remember? And then Daffy Duck did sometimes. Y'all remember Looney Tunes? I still want Sylvester to catch the roadrunner, if anybody else agrees, say yes. I want to see what happens. I think he'd say, tag, you're it. But anyway, we'll keep going. But like, this is what life feels like. Why is it so difficult? And it feels like one is this, and, but it's much easier to give to the, to the dumb one. But it's really bigger than just doing good or doing bad, y'all. It really has to do with do I want this little guy who's a representation of, I know in this picture, an angel, but the Holy Spirit or whatever you want it to be to help me out of jail or help me out of this problem. But the center of my universe is still this guy. And that's the problem. The problem is when we talk about submission, when we talk about salvation, we try, y'all forgive me, I'm not cussing. This is literally what I feel like in Christianity. We try to scare the hell out of lost people rather than let them experience the goodness of God 
the truth is they don't have to go to hell. The truth is he, he does go and prepare a place for us. The truth is I, I get to be in heaven as long as I live, but it has nothing to do with here and now. And so all I want to do is get out of this and go to that. Well, I do, and I look forward to it, but while I'm here and now, I want to build what you called me to build. But as long as I have this belief system that you saved me, praise you, awesome, let's go, then all I want him to do is keep saving me. Because, because I got problems, God, and you saved me from hell, so why don't you save me from this? I called you to that. I planted you in that. I wanted you to be in that. Because, you're, because he lives in us, the difference flows through. But all we do is we spend all of our time in prayer going, God, you, I know I don't have to go to hell, but get me out of this hell. No, I called you to that, to be that difference maker. I'm fixing to preach real good. I hope y'all are ready because I got some stuffs as we close this out. God's plan is to show the world his love through. Don't we ever, like, we see these posts and we're like, come quickly, Jesus. I already came. I died. I rose again. I'm seated on the right hand. And I actually, 50 days after that, Penta, Coste, meaning 50, brought my Holy Ghost down. It came like fire from heaven. But now every time you're saved, you get the Holy Spirit who seals you to the day of salvation. And then when hands are laid on you and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the power of God is on you. He is not waiting to send another human being. He sent a bunch of them that I'm looking at and a bunch of them watching online. So why does the world not believe this culture can be different? Because we don't operate like that. We just hope he gets us out of this hell we're living in. I love Colossians so much. Colossians 1, this isn't on the board. Whatever this is called, TV. He, 13, Colossians 1, 13, if you want a reference. He took me out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred. Someone say transfer. Into, into his beloved son's kingdom. But y'all got to get the picture that, that I belong by nature in the kingdom of darkness. Look what Colossians 3 says. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek, seek, seek. Isn't it interesting? My favorite verse in all of the Bibles, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It says, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind, reset it on the things that are above, not the things on earth Repentance is the key. It's to change my mind. Pent like Pentagon is the top. And every single day, it is not, I'm sorry, God, I did wrong. It is, I want to think like you, and by nature, I don't. So I set my mind. I seek, I seek, I go, I look above. I'm not trying to get to heaven. I'm trying to bring heaven down. For you have died, and your life is hidden in Christ. With Christ, excuse me, in God, who and, and then this is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture because the goal is that we're doing this, but it says, who may ascend? Who may climb? Who may go up? Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Psalm verse 24, the one right after, most of y'all know Psalm 23 as I walk through the valley and everybody knows that passage, but it says, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may, who may do what we sang right before I came out in the presence of God? Who, who, who may stand in this holy place? And it says the ones who have clean hands and a pure heart. And in other translations it says don't worship idols. And this is what is associated in the Hebrew with idol worship. It's who've set their minds on what is false. You know how I set my mind on what is false? I don't submit to God. I put myself in charge. 
Like We don't have Buddha in our house. We don't worship things. We don't have these wooden images like they did back then. You don't have to. You're the golden, you're the golden image. You're the wooden statue. You're the one that, that hopes that this God will save me out of this thing so that I feel good and you'll give me what I want and you'll do all these things. And that's not the gospel. That's not the kingdom. That is darkness. It just has a mask on to make you feel good or to make it look like it's something else. But it is a lie. It's from hell and don't believe it. What God wants for you is for you to turn the lights on of everybody that you get to come in contact with, but it's not by power or by might, but by his spirit. And it says it's, it's, it's through lying, through, through believing what is false and, and swearing deceitfully. Look at this. This literally describes these two words in the original language. Pride is elevating myself above other people. You say, I don't really like myself, Mark. You're not talking about me. Look at me. Insecurity is pride with a different mask on. Because as long as you tell God I'm not good enough, it's about I'm and not God. And so whether you're puffed up and believe you're the one, or whether you think so lowly of yourself, so little of yourself, that all you do is ask God to change your look, change your way, change your thing, change your whatever, change my job, change my then you'll never get to God himself who wants you to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who would joy set before him, endured the cross and scorned its shame. Like that's the point. And so the biggest enemy of us changing the culture is us. Why does this world seem so crazy, so, so, so hostile, so unbelievable? It's because me being right is at the center of attention every time. If you disagree with me, I'll hold a grudge on you and never talk to you again. And then it, let's just peel back outside of the, quote, church, outside of the believers that are truly trusting in Jesus. And let's just talk about the church. On one side, you have people that will scream truth and point and say, you are doing the wrong thing. And then on the other side, the pendulum swings all the way over here where, where they, they, they won't talk about the truth at all. They're silent, but they love everybody. I'm not, I'm not mocking I'm telling you both of them are wrong. Does that mean we shouldn't love everybody? Nope. Does that mean we shouldn't tell the truth? Nope. It means we should do both. And I very rarely hear both. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we should hate the sin and love the sinner. That, that's how you would break it down. But I either hear hate the sinner and hate the sin or love the sinner and love the sin. I don't have to be okay with crap. But I should love Love, love every human. Why? Because they were made in the image of God. Because they desperately need life in Jesus' name. And because we're asking them to operate as we should be without the hope of glory, rescuing them out of the kingdom of darkness and into his son's kingdom. It's upside down. But I love this. Literally in the definition, humility means not rising from the ground. That does not mean you beat yourself up. It does not mean that, that you think less of yourself and say, I stink, I'm awful. It just literally means you think of yourself less and you elevate him. This is so counterintuitive. This is so upside down. I want to ascend, Mark. I, I want to do what God's called me to do. You got to become less. Matter of fact, this is what Jesus said. Whoever wants to be first must be last. If that makes sense to you just easily, you're smarter than me. You're way ahead of a bunch of us. But what's awesome about it is when I understand why. Why? Because I can't do this on my own. 
I wasn't built to do this on my own. I wasn't made to operate without pride and in humility just by getting up and being, I'm going to be humble today. And I know, I know, I know, because how do, how do I know? Because I, I, I know all the stuff about you? Nope, because I know all the stuff about me. I know what it's like to wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to be mean to Leah ever again. I'm never going to raise my voice to her. But I have a temper. And the harder I try, the worse I seem to lash out on, guess who? The closest one to me, her. <laughs> I'm never going to look at those things again. I'm never going to say those things again. I'm never going to think those things again. And then we end up doing those things and we do them more because we cope with our, with our not being able to. And, and it's like this cycle. And, and all along, what I'm asking God to do is get me to stop behaving that way instead of you be the sinner. I'm going to still screw up because he draws me closer and closer and closer, but, but, but I have to focus on him and not on stuff. And it seems like the harder I go, the worse I fail, oftentimes. But we have to leave understanding that to rise I must. Say the word loud. I want y'all to understand that when I say ascend and when I'm about to show you mountain because it's who can ascend to the mountain of the Lord, these aren't literal mountains. These aren't literal ascensions. These aren't literal things. This is metaphorical. So I don't have to pray on my knees, but my heart has to be bowed. And if it's not, y'all, the more successful we are, watch this, in the church, the more prideful we'll be. Look what I did. The most disgusting people in the world are the ones that are doing things for God and believe they deserve credit. Look at me. I've been there so many times. Do you know how pleased Satan is when we think we've done something and we feel good about it so we start saying, I want credit? Because once I step through that door, all I want God for is to perform his next magic trick so people can think I'm awesome. And as long as that's where my heart is, as long as that's where my heart is, then my relationship with God will be so ridiculously frustrating. And I'll continue to live conformed to this world. I'll continue to spread the kingdom of darkness by saying with my mouth, Jesus is the way, but operating my life full of darkness, full of doubt, full of gloom, because it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. And then I remind myself, I walk by faith and not by. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And, and as long as I try to see my way through this thing and not perceive what the Holy Spirit called me to, I'll constantly be frustrated. I just have to fall. And in order to be seen, and what I mean by seen, I'm going to explain in a minute. But in order to be seen, I've got to be hidden in Christ. And the more you want to be elevated, the more you want to be seen, the more you'll find that you're frustrated. No matter how much God gives you, look at me. No matter how much God gives you, no matter how much he elevates you, no matter how much increase, much increase, you'll look to your neighbor and say, they got more. But they were never God's plan for you. God specifically picked you specifically picked you to do one part of his full body and it's unbelievable your exact thing is an amazing gift 
And if one part of the body isn't functioning, then the body never works. And the reason that the body isn't the place that people want to come to be hopeful and rescue and experience life and see transformation is because what they look at is say that part of the body hates the other part of the body because they're not getting to do as much or sing as much or, or be as much. And, and, and if I wasn't called, and I sure ain't called to sing, come on somebody, then I can't get mad at the ones that are gifted to do that. I've got to realize that he called me specifically so that his glory could be seen. And what I think of to close this out, y'all, is, is, is the trips I've taken to Israel when you're spending the three days around the Sea of Galilee in the northern part of Israel. It's so unbelievable to be sitting there and see these things that he teaches, like in Matthew 5, but, it, but you're on the mountain and you see the place he's pointing. And this city is Tiberias. It's where we'll stay if you ever come with me. And Jesus is pointing. And when we see it, when we read it, we're like, cool, we should build a church and it should be high and lifted up. But what you don't realize is what he's pointing at is this city could not be hidden. It was known as, it is known, pardon, as the city on the hill that can't be hidden. God's purpose is for us to be lit. As a matter of fact, the last verse that I have is, is, is you shine your light, Matthew 5. Let your light shine before men so that people may see. But this is the problem with that. The band's about to help me and we're about to have fun. But this is the problem. We can tell everybody to shine their light, but a light is not a flash. A light is not a bulb. The light is what this says right here in John 8. Light is a person and he comes to rescue them, not just out of hell, but every single day, every single hour, every single minute to be hope, to be life. The reason we don't change, the reason that our conduct stays the same is because we try to change the conduct and don't let the light rescue us out. Every single day, every single minute, in the worst circumstances, in the thing that you look at and say, how would you call me here? Realize that that's an unbelievable gift that God would ask you to be a light in that dark place. But he said, no, no, no. You want the light, you want the light until I have full access, have full authority until you surrender all. And then switch, it comes on because through you, through the receptacle that is you, it turns on. But he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in, but will have the light of life. So what's the point, Mark? The point is this. You're the light of the world. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may have the light? Who may people see when they need hope? Who will I look to when I need hope? Where will I go when I need hope? And so many times we wait on a preacher. And I want as many opportunities as God wants to give me. But I'm here to tell y'all, I'm one man. On my best weeks, I can have a dozen, couple dozen conversations on the phone. But I'm not the light. He didn't say you individually are the light. He meant you are the light. So this is what I want to happen. I'm going I'm to speed this up. Can you turn every light as best you can, turn every light in the house off? Can y'all just see that when every light is off, and I know there's still background light and stuff like that, but y'all have been in the woods before. Back before we had cell phones, with flashlights, and it was hard to see. Are y'all with me? It was hard to see. Y'all admitted at the beginning of the service 
And I think you would admit right this second that this world, this chaos is crazy. And we just need some hope. And if you understand scripture, the problem is this is what hope people are looking for. They don't need every answer. They just need the next step, the place to walk, the thing to do. But if they keep running into stuff, if they keep bumping their head, if it feels like it's hopeless, they're not going to look to me because they think I have all the answers. I got a newsflash. I don't have all the answers. But according to the Bible, because I've trusted Jesus as my Savior, I do have this. And if in the darkest place on planet Earth, we all had one of these, it would still be dark around us. If you agree with that, say yes. But we could see. It would still be dark around us, but I bet you if there was thousands, if not millions of people around us, people would be drawn to it. People would want to know, what is it? Because this is so dark. What is it about that light? You will be a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Who shall ascend the mountain of the Lord? Those with clean hands and pure hearts who don't lift their souls to idols, who don't love what is false, but who cling to the truth. Who's the truth? Jesus. Who's the light? Jesus. What's the point? Jesus. The point is this. I believe God has called us, Four Points Church, the body, watching online, watching at home, listening to it later this week, or in here right now, to not just feel good and feel motivated, but to let our light shine. If you got your cell phones, pull them out right now. This is what I think the destiny of your life is, to be a city on a hill burning brightly. I want everybody to just turn these on. We're going to sing this song, this bridge, and I want you to listen to it, and then we're going to finish with a song. Let it shine. God did not call you to be passive. God did not call you to hope that your neighbor is the light. God called you to make you, to make you light up the dark places, the dark places at work, the dark places in your home, the dark places everywhere. But the only way you do this is submitting fully to Jesus every day, not by trying harder, not by doing better, but submitting by him being the center. I just wish somebody would stand up with me and just let their light shine right now. Come on. I wish you'd sing this. I wish you'd dance. I wish you'd shout. I wish you would tell the world this is what we are. We're changing this culture. Come on, somebody. I will be that city on a hill, burning brightly. I will be the light to the world. Shine.